Please take your Bibles and turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 16. I will not be long tonight. Uh, just a few simple thoughts that I'd like to share. Acts chapter 16. Of course, this is the familiar passage of Scripture about Paul's ministry in Philippi. And we know that he and Silas had gone there and they began uh, preaching the gospel. There was a young lady that followed them around for days. Uh, she was a demon-possessed girl. She was owned by some people that used her demonic powers for their own gain. And she got saved. And once that happened, the, uh, the demonic powers were gone. But they were upset. And uh, they had Paul and Silas brought before the magistrates and they beat them. Uh, the Bible says they took those two men, they threw them into jail with no trial. Uh, they just threw them into prison. Uh, not only did they put them in a jail cell, the Bible says they fastened their, their feet in, in the shackles there and made their lives as miserable as possible. They had been beaten. And the Bible says at verse 25, Acts chapter 16 and verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. The keeper of the prison awakened, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. A remarkable account that God gives us of two faithful servants, uh, Paul and Silas serving the Lord, and for all of their troubles and for all that they did, they were treated most unfairly. Um, when it comes to this matter of praise, we read Psalm 50, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Most Christians, if we praise it all, if we remember to do so, we do so after we have received some type of a blessing. Uh, the birth of a child, the answer to a prayer, the, uh, the new job or the new car or something like that. And by the way, we should. Uh, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Uh, that's a, that's a, not a scripture verse. It's an old, old song, but it's a true one. Every good thing that we ever have comes from the Lord. But if you consider in Acts chapter 16 and ask yourself this question, what blessings did Paul and Silas have to praise God for that night? What good thing had happened to them? They had been falsely accused. They had been beaten. They had been thrown in jail without a, a, a trial. They were in shackles and, and they were left there. They were in pain. They were bleeding. They had been mocked. And yet the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas, they prayed, which is what any one of us, I would hope, would do in a dark time and in a dark place. But the Bible says that they sang praises unto God. Um, there's something about these two men and there, there's something about the, the story that God gives us here that ought to cause us to just sit up and take note just a little bit. It's wonderful to praise the Lord when everything's going well. It's an entirely different level of praise when we sing and praise God when everything is exactly the opposite. 
Uh, anybody can complain when things go wrong, and, and I'm, I'm as good at that as the next person is. Um, anyone can get mad at God like Job's wife did and, and, and told her husband, curse God and die. And I don't know that I've ever gone that far, but I'm, I know there have been times when I've been unhappy with the way God was treating me or I, I thought that he was treating me um, and so forth. But there's something about Paul and Silas that rises above the flesh, rises above humanity, and they've got a faith that is so deep that in their, their biggest trial, here they are singing praises unto the Lord. As we think about this, this event in Acts 16 is our backdrop tonight. I want to just make four simple little statements. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. We're going to look at some scripture together about the power of praise and the importance that praise uh, plays in our lives and why we ought to practice it more than we do. Number one, turn with you, if you would please, to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. The first thing I want you to understand is praise places us in the presence of God. Praise places us in the presence of God. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Look at verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Praise brings us into the presence of God. Turn back to Psalm 22. Psalm 22. The Bible says there, we're just going to read one verse in verse number three. This is a Psalm of David. He says, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. God dwells and lives within the praises of his people. There are times when all of us wonder where, where is God and sometimes we, we have a longing to feel the presence of God, to feel that closeness with God with a question then that I have for you, how's your praise life? When was the last time that you just stopped and gave God the glory and just started thanking him? It's not that God doesn't want to hear our prayers. It's not that God uh, is not concerned about our burdens and our, our trials and, and if, if you will, our, our complaints, not as in, you know, God, you're terrible, and, and I'm not talking about that, but, but Lord, I, I don't know how much longer I can handle this trial. Lord, why aren't you answering my prayers? God wants us to cast our care upon him, for he cares for us, but you enter into his presence with thanksgiving. God inhabits the praises of his people. Um, again, prayer places us in the presence of God. There's a second thing that I want you to understand. Praise proclaims our faith in the promises of God like few other things do. It proclaims our faith in the promise of God. Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. While you're turning there, Brother Jonathan made, made reference to this verse Sunday evening in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is always about something that we don't have yet. 
I, I believe in heaven, though I've not seen it yet. I believe in Jesus, though I've not seen him yet. Uh, and so forth. Uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. When we praise God, we are, we are proclaiming our faith in God's promises. In 2 Chronicles chapter number 20, uh, there's a king named Jehoshaphat, a godly man, a good man. He is the king of Judah. He has found out that there is a, a conglomerate of nations that are surrounding Israel and they're coming in and they're going to attack him. He is outnumbered. He is outgunned. Humanly speaking, there is, there's no chance of survival. He calls the people together to fast and to pray. And they were doing so in verse 13. Would you look there, please? And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of uh, Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. So they've gotten a word from God. Um, don't, don't be overwhelmed by this, this multitude. Uh, I want you to go out tomorrow and I just want you to watch. You're not going to lift a hand to fight this battle. God's going to do it. You just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Verse 20, uh, verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord and the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Notice they're praising God. The, the battle's not been won. The enemy is still out there. The enemy is still gunning for them. The enemy still outnumbers them. But I want you to understand that they are praising the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they arose early in the morning. And went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Joshua stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the, the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord. For his mercy endureth forever. Does that sound a little familiar to us? Just a little bit. And here, look at verse 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. It happened when they began to praise. I wonder sometimes if there's, there are prayers we've lifted up before God 
And God, God wants to answer them. God intends to answer them. But we're so busy being frustrated and, and angry about situations or worried and stressed about situations. And God's just standing back saying, why don't you try praising me? Have, have, you, have you thought about that? Why don't you start talking about all the good things that I've done for you? Uh, do you understand that when they began to sing uh, Psalm 107, verse 1, it was when they began to sing that God smote their enemies. Understand in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, it's midnight. They're singing praises unto God. It's while they were singing praises that God sent the earthquake uh, and that God loosed all of their bonds and the doors of the prison came open. It was in response to their praise. Because you see, when you, when you can come to the place of praising God before the prayer's answered, before the problem is solved, you are exalting the highest form of faith saying God promised and I'm going to claim the promise and I know that God is good and I know that he makes everything beautiful in his time and so I'm going to trust him and I'm just going to lift up my voice in praise. You're, you're expressing faith, if you will, in its purest form. There's a third thing I want us to understand. Praise procures the power of God in our lives. We saw it in Acts chapter 16. We just saw it now in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter number 20. When it began to praise, that's when, that's when God began to work. That's when God began to move. Uh, again, I, I wonder in my own life how many times I have delayed the answer to my own prayers because I was so busy letting God know about my problems, letting God know about my needs and my concerns and I had not even taken the time to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, nor into his courts with praise. And I wanted God to do something for me, but I wasn't willing to give God what he deserved. By the way, uh, do I deserve anything from God? Do you? Not a one of us. Everything that we have from God is because of his mercy and because of his grace and because of his goodness, not because of ours. Let me ask you a second question. Does God deserve our praise? Yeah. He deserves our praise. Uh, he sent his son to be our savior. He sent somebody to us with that message of the gospel so we could hear about it. He sent the Holy Spirit to bring us under conviction, to draw us to Christ. Uh, it's, it's all of God. There are over 8 billion people sharing this planet with us. Do, do you understand that? Did you know that in 57 countries of the world, this Bible is, is outlawed? It's against the law to even own one. If you're found with one in your possession, uh, you can lose your life for that. And yet God's allowed every one of us to hear the message from this book that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you realize how blessed we truly are? Yet we'll be, we'll be angry with God uh, all day long because we don't have that answer to our prayer yet or God hasn't uh, met our need yet or God hasn't fixed this situation for us. Maybe God's just waiting for us to give him what he deserves. And that's his praise. Go back one last time to Acts chapter 16. There's a fourth thing I would like you to understand. Praise places us in the presence of God. Praise proclaims our faith in the promises of God. It procures the power of God in our lives. And praise points people to the Lord. Verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed 
and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Verse 26, that earthquake comes along and the keeper of the prison, thinking everybody's escaped, is ready to take his own life. Paul cries with a loud voice, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before whom? He fell down before whom? Paul and Silas. He didn't fall down before anybody else in that jail that night. There were other prisoners there because they heard it. Um, he fell down before the ones that were praising because those men had something that he needed. He fell down before Paul and si uh, Silas. He brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Nobody is impressed with the grouch. Uh, the Grinch made a cute Christmas story for Dr. Seuss, but nobody was flocking up to that mountain so they could hang out with the guy. Uh, nobody, nobody's attracted to the complainer or the, 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 the critic or the grump or whatever, and we all fall into that category now and then. But there's something about a believer that is alive with praise for God, especially in the darkest of times that draws men to Christ like a moth to a flame. I, I wish you could have been in Mexico and Tijuana for that month that Trina and I were there in, in May and then uh, uh, in a couple weeks uh, later that year in September. You saw her around here and I remember the first Sunday or so after we came back uh, after her surgery and all of that uh, in January that year, I was on the platform and I was worried about her. I was looking for her because I, I just, that's just the way it was now. I, I just worried and I couldn't find her. She wasn't in her seat back there. And I'm trying to think, where in, where in the world is she? And I'm, I'm, the service has started, the song leader singing, uh, leading the song and so forth. And I'm thinking, is she okay? Did, did she slip out or whatever? And then I just happened to glance over this way and she was standing on the front row of the choir with a big smile on her face singing and all of that, uh, you, you saw what she was, but you should have seen her at the hospital there. Everybody at that hospital either had cancer or they were there with someone else who had cancer. Husbands with wives, wives with husbands. Uh, there were several sons were there with their moms uh, and so forth. There were several people that were there all by themselves. Uh, they were living through a, a human nightmare. Some of them had been through surgeries and treatments, and you could just tell the toll that it had taken upon them physically and emotionally and mentally. And Trina was one of them. She was one of them. She'd already had one surgery. She'd already gone through chemo. She'd already gone through radiation. My biggest worry on the way there the first time uh, to Tijuana was how in the world am I going to get her from point A to point B in the, in the airports uh, because, because she was so weak and, and uh, how was I going to get her and get our luggage and, and all that kind of stuff. If you could have just seen her, there was no sitting around, woe is me and why did God let this happen? There was just a lady sitting there telling everybody how good God was and they were attracted to her. Um, lunch would end and uh, Trina and I always went down to the Pacific Ocean and walked up and down the boardwalk every afternoon. And uh, I just gave up waiting and said, I'll meet you in the room whenever you're ready because she was just busy talking to people. 
um, and, and listening to them and, and praying with them and, and, and sharing her testimony with them. And, and because of her testimony, because of hers, several people got saved during the weeks that we were there. There's something about it when a believer is going through a trial, but they've got a heart of praise and they understand the goodness of God, it draws people to them. And, and that Philippian jailer was drawn to two beat-up preachers in a prison cell. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And I, and I just believe this with all my heart. If they'd have been in there threatening lawsuits, you just wait till we get out of here. You're going to pay for this. Like a lot of people would. I doubt if the jailer would have been so moved to come and say, sirs, can you tell me how to get saved? I want what you've got. Um, praise has a way of pointing people to the Savior. Let's make praise a part of our life. Not just one Thursday in November every year, but let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. As long as you and I have breath, let's make sure that we give God the praise that is due to his name. Father, thank you for this season.